When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, check this out. I'm not Steven, but you better bring your A. This is first take, but it's not a game. And let your best take be your first take. Because we're going to do this today. We're in the house. I got my boy RC. I got my boy B. Scott. And Canty going to join us a little later. We're going to do what we do. Different points of views. Let's get at it. Bars. Yeah. Good day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to First Take on this Feel Good Friday. I'm Molly Karam. That's Bart Scott, Ryan Clark, Shannon Sharp. Uh, before we start things off, guys, Ryan, I want to wish you a happy belated birthday. I know it was your birthday yesterday. Did you have a Thank good day? You. I did. I did. I actually worked, but you know, that's what we do. Bought a new <laughs> Nairu collar shirt. <laughs> I didn't wear this shirt yesterday. I had a sweater on. Also, it's Stephen A's birthday tomorrow, so I want to wish him a happy birthday. And uh, Shannon, you ready to hold it down today or what, sir? I, I, I'm, you know what I do what I do. I'm ready. I've been waiting for this moment. This is a lifetime. Oh, okay. Let's get it, Hall of Famer. Let's do this. All right, guys. Uh, we start with last night. The Chiefs beat the Broncos for the 16th consecutive time on Thursday night while winning their fifth straight game and moving to an AFC best 5-1. and one. But much of their talk in the locker room post-game after their 19-8 victory was about its uninspiring manner. Patrick. I thought we did a lot of good things. Um, just obviously red zone, some third downs. We just didn't execute at a high enough level. I still think there was a lot of good things we can take from it. Luckily for us, our defense is playing, playing great. Our defense was incredible tonight, uh, as they have been. We've got to take care of business in the red zone. Had a lot of yards, positive yards, but you can't stall down there. We strive for something better than what we're doing right now. All right, Club Shay Shay, you're up first. Tell me this. Any concerns with the Mahomes and the Chiefs? Because they, they were playing the Broncos last night. Yeah, but it's always tough against the division opponents. Guys, I think Bart, you, and uh, RC would attest to that. It's tough against division opponents because you know each other. You kind of know what they're going to do. You, they know what you're going to do. And so it's a struggle to actually score. But what I am concerned about is great as Andy, uh, Andy Reid can scheme, and he has scheme receivers. There's also so many bunches, so many stack formations that you can run. At some point in time, it comes down to your guys got to mm-hmm. be boy dogs and go get open. Go beat man coverage. And right now, it's a struggle for mm-hmm. everyone to beat man coverage other than Travis Kelsey. And at some point in time, they're going to do their best yeah. job to take him away, and you're going to have MBS, and you're going to have to have Kadarius Tony, and you're going to have to have Sky Moore and Rice to go beat man coverage on a consistent basis. And right now, guys, it is a struggle for them to beat man coverage on a consistent basis. I mean, you know what it the- is when oh, you're the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, go, go ahead, ahead RC. Go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, RC. 
Yeah, so, so you know what it is? When you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're like Drake, right? Very early on in Patrick Mahomes' career, you dropped Take Care. And everybody been waiting for that mm. album to come out again. And so when you drop for all the dogs, now they pissed off with you because they feel like you're not playing up to the same <laughs> level, even though you're outselling everybody else. That's right. where the Kansas City Chiefs are now. We're talking about a one-loss team that drove the football up and down the field, has a defense that's playing lights out, which they haven't had in years past. And we're like, man. Yeah, but it doesn't look the same. And Shannon is exactly right. It's not the same. They don't have people that are winning in one-on-ones. But what we're waiting on is for a Patrick Mahomes offense to look like a Patrick Mahomes offense. And all we've ever seen throughout his career is Patrick Mahomes-like offense. And so I believe that they get fixed. And in getting that fixed, now you have a defense that's better. You have an Isaiah Pacheco that's playing on another level than he was the year before. When you look at a guy like Rasheed Rice, he shows you flashes, right? and he shows you glimpses of what he can be. Kadarius Toney getting the football in his hands early and using yards after the catch. And we're starting to see Justin Watson, who got a little banged up last year, become that big play receiver. It's about consistency now and Patrick Mahomes having the same comfort level with them that he has with Travis Kelsey. But make no mistake about it. What we're doing now is comparing the Kansas City Chiefs to only the Kansas City Chiefs. We're comparing a team to another team or to other teams that have gone to all AFC championships and Super Bowls during his tenure. And I believe they get it right, but this year is going to be the toughest year to be what they've been since Patrick Mahomes has become the quarterback. I mean, that's because the field has got better. And I have a little concern with the red zone because you need somebody else to emerge opposite Travis Kelsey. I feel I never thought I would say this, but they missed Juju Smith-Schuster because he was a tough receiver. He could yep. get the tough yards. He was a guy that, you know, was perfect for their system. You need Sky Moore. You need Rice to step up. And, you know, it, it looks like a struggle at times, right? We saw them when they played the Jets, how the Jets were able to stop them in the red zone. And that became a game when it shouldn't have been. Right, and, and I feel also that you know the Kansas City Chiefs can be a victim of their own success because I feel like maybe sometimes teams that have had success over and over again, and RC, you're a part of these teams that was always going to the playoffs. Sometimes you get bored in a regular season, and I feel like you know they feel like they can turn it on, mm. but the feel is so much better now, right? We we see Joe Burrow starting to come to life. We see Josh Allen after everybody was ready to eviscerate him and his turnovers after the first game is now looking like an MVP. We know that what's coming down the pipeline, that this type of performance isn't going to be acceptable when they go against other guys who have a dude on the sideline, right? And we knew last night that they didn't have a guy that had a guy on the sideline. And that's what we're saying. When they go against better competition, you're going to need to be able to put up points. And his defense hasn't been tested because they haven't won a a great offense yet. That's, a, that's, that's my next point, Bart. That's where I was going. I'm not looking at the Jets. I'm not looking at the Broncos' offense as a measuring stick for my defense. Yes, the defense played well last night, but look at the opposition. Yes, they played well against the Jets, but look at the opposition. But when you face a Cincinnati, a team and a quarterback that can go get you 30, you play a, a, a Justin Herbert. We know, obviously, their defense has some flaws also, but he's another quarterback with those receivers that can go get you 30. Yeah. It, now stalling in the red zone, you pay double. You kick field goals, you lose. You you score touchdowns in the red zone, you win championships. And that's what got the uh, the Chiefs the championships last year, is that when they got the ball in the second half, every mm-hmm. time they marched down the field and scored touchdowns. Right now, I'm a little concerned about their offense because they don't have that one guy outside of Travis Kelsey yeah. that can go do his thing without being schemed up. 
Shannon, let me pay you back on that really quick before we push it forward. So, yeah, Mahomes to Kelsey, 100% completion percentage last night to all other pass catchers, 68%. But you brought up Herbert and the Chargers. That's who they play next. RC, do you think they can handle them? Listen, I do. Like when you look at when you look at these teams in, in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs have always shown supremacy. And when we're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, let's make no mistake about it. They are two bad throws from Aiden O'Connell and Kirk Cousins away from being 0-4. As explosive as, the, as they can be on offense with Kellen Moore, we watched Khalil Mack get six sacks against the Las Vegas Raiders. That team still almost lost that game because of bad decision-making and clock management. And when we think about the AFC West, the team that has been the champion, the team that has had supremacy, is still the Kansas City Chiefs, and to me, still the team to beat. I agree, because the coach, Andy Reid, is not going to make the mistakes that the Chargers coach makes, and he has a better quarterback yep. than everybody else in that division. So when it comes down yep. to it, your coach is not going to put the team in harm's way. He's not going to try to like, oh, let me show you how brilliant I am and yeah. use my analytics department in the situation mm -hmm. and go for it on fourth down on my own 17, <laughs> my own 21, and give the opposing team a very short field and an opportunity to beat me. And I know down the stretch, Patrick Mahomes more times than not, even though he made a very, very bad throw last night into the end zone that ended up costing him an interception, I trust mm -hmm. him more than I trust anybody else in that division, and for that matter, anybody else more than I, I in agree. the NFL. Right. They're, they're still a victim of their own success because the standard is Super Bowl for them. I mean, they don't go to the yes. AFC Championship, we're going to be surprised. But it's some teams that go in there that has a good coach on the sideline. And you talk about the Baltimore Ravens who, you know, could go in there and get a win. You talk about the, the Bengals that don't fear them. The regular season is more important because that arrowhead advantage has been the key to their success to get in that first round bye. Yeah. You know, so True. that's why it's so important. That's why the loss – to Detroit was bad, even though it was an right. NFC loss. You know, when you talk about, you know, going through the gauntlet, they got some tough games coming up on their schedule, and they're right. going to have to put together a better performance because if they don't have that advantage with Arrowhead, then the odds are that they may not get back to the Super Bowl. Hey, Bart, the difference is the Chiefs have receivers that can't get open. Baltimore has receivers that can get they open can't but can't catch. catch. So yeah. maybe, they, maybe they need to switch. Everybody's, everybody's on the struggle bus. Guys, I want to focus on the other side, though, and yeah. I, I really need your help to just yeah. explain to me what's happening here with Russell Wilson. So he went 13-22 for 95 yards, one TD, two picks. Take a listen to what he said post game. We had a chance, and I think we just got to play better, play cleaner. We've been playing, you know, really good ball on offense for you know, you know, for the past several weeks. And I think the best thing we can do is just keep believing, play cleaner. Um, I got to, I got to play better, and, and uh, that's, that starts with me. And you know, I know I'll respond the right way. All right. So one thing that stood out to me is we've been playing really good ball. On offense, so Bart. Well, every, yeah, every, yeah. We when we when we go go to France. Uh, no, but, no, but this is what I need you to explain to yeah. me because we're pointing a lot of fingers, right? Yes. We expected a lot. Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, with a great quarterback, great yep. coach, etc., hasn't panned out. Who actually deserves more of the blame in this relationship? I mean, I think I think they both are equal to the blame, and I know that's kind of a cop out, but I'll, I'll try and explain, right? You know, you got a a guy in Sean Payton who's trying to make a guy just because he's short. 
and he, he, he's won a Super Bowl, be Drew Brees, which that's never <laughs> been who he was, right? He's trying to make him a guy that's throwing the ball on rhythm, trying to be a guy that's going to get the ball out of his hands, and that's never been who Russell Wilson is. He's always been a guy that's you know, doing those off-schedule plays, moon balls, and now you're trying to tell him to put his foot. I watched Russell Wilson struggle with one of the most elementary defenses, max protection, throwing the ball into a hook curl player with a two-man route. So it almost looks like you know, uh, he's putting um, handcuffs on Russell Wilson when you think about it. Right here, this is max protection, cover three, eyeing down the receiver. The, the curl flat player goes to the flats, and the hook curl player expands. That is a two-man route. That is junior high football cutting the field for, for a veteran, supposedly Hall of Fame quarterback, eyeing down the guy. It's only two guys on the route, right? So that means that he's trying to dumb it down for Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is not playing up to his capabilities. That's trying to take a guy that, you know, traditionally has been able to guy that stretched the football field, and now you're trying to ask him to play conservative. That's never who Russell Wilson is going to be. This marriage was never built to work and last. And I understand that, you know, you talk about uh, Sean Payton coming in. He probably had some PowerPoint presentation about how he was going to fix Russell Wilson. But he's too stubborn in his ways to understand that you can't coach. You have to coach the player you have, not the player you want him to be. You're exactly right. I think Sean Payton's offense is a little archaic. I think the thing is when he came into the league and when he started became a head coach in New Orleans, I think he was ahead of his time. Now those are things of the past. You mentioned the two-man route. But I look at Russell. Mm -hmm. You said Russell. he's trying to turn Russell into Drew Brees. The reason why he's trying to turn Russell into Drew Brees is because Russ isn't athletic anymore. He can't improv. He can't get away. You see mm. the way Russ is running? Everybody is chasing Russ down now. They never could chase Russ down in, uh, in the past, guys. Russ could get away out of Russ could get out of harm's way, make those throws, throw those balls to Baldwin, throw those balls to Golden Tate or DK or Tyler Lockett. He can't do that anymore. And so now you put him in a situation and say, we want you to play from the pocket. And you're right. He's never been able to play strictly from the pocket. He's been improv. He's been able to get outside and make plays outside of the pocket. Well, if he can't get away, he's a fraction of himself. And so this is, Bart, you said something. This is a match made in hell because Sean Payton is stuck in his ways. His offense is a little <laughs> archaic. And Russell Wilson is not the athletic player that he once was. And see, the reason why guys like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady could play so long, they never relied on athleticism. Yeah. So when even the athleticism that they had started to wane, they could still make plays. When a guy relies on athleticism mainly and it starts to dissipate, then where does he go? How do, you treat, how do you teach Russ to throw and play from the pocket when he's never been asked to do that in his previous 11 or 12 years? Yeah, I think that's, like, that's part of it, but I said this in the offseason. Stylistically, this was the worst marriage you could ever have of offensive head coach and quarterback. Personality-wise, it's an even worse marriage. And But Sean Payton was brought in to fix this offense, not necessarily fix Russell Wilson. He has to get out of those old ways. Why can't we get into running the football and half rolls and rolls out, rollouts and boots, or put him in a situation that Brock Purdy is in where it's part West Coast, part Kyle Shanahan, part stretch, part zone, all of these different things that you could try to do to help a quarterback who doesn't play on time. And so for me, I'm looking at Sean Payton for this reason. In the offseason, you had something to say about everybody. You had something to say about Russ. You had something to say about Nathaniel 
Nathaniel Hackett. Mm -hmm. You had something to say about everybody who hadn't done their job in the way that they're supposed to. So if I'm on that team and Sean Payton is walking in that locker room, I'm looking at him like me and Shannon Sharp will be looking at the Memphis Grizzlies and Steven Adams <laughs> if they walked into the green room at first take. We got a problem. And so all I can say for Sean Payton is it's your job to fix it. You can't keep putting it on Russell Wilson. You can't say, oh, he can only do a half-field read. You give him everything you got. And then you can walk to the Waltons. You can go tell them, hey, I know you gave up that Walmart money for me. I know you gave him a fifth-round pick to get me, but it ain't going to work with him, and I've done everything that I can. I don't feel that Sean Payton has done everything that he can. And maybe Russ is washed. Show me. Put it on full display for me so now you can move on. Until then, you're supposed to be trying to make this work, Sean Payton. But here's the thing, Bart, RC, you and I watch the game differently than, say, a casual fan. And what's happening is that if you just yep. watch the game or you look at the stat sheet, rough numbers at the end of the game outside of this game look good. Yep. But if you watch the game, yep. Russ hasn't played well. The important place. Yes, he's mm -hmm. getting he's getting a lot of those yards when they're down 14, they're down 21. They're meaningless yards. They're empty calories. So when I look at, oh, we play yeah. some good ball, who win? Where y'all <laughs> play good ball at? Not in, not in Denver. Not since you've been in a Bronco uniform. Now, granted, <laughs> he, Russ, the Broncos look this year. They look worse this year than what yeah. they looked last year. And that's yeah. saying something because they look god-awful last year. And you talk about also yep. the defense has taken a step back. So his decision as defensive coordinator and Van Joseph was a bad decision. That's on yeah, him. He, he built that staff. He had an opportunity to bring Rex Ryan in, you know, with those type of lockdown specialists and Sertan and Simmons, you know, could have had a little bit you know, better of an outcome. You know, so the team has gotten worse. The offense has gotten worse. You got to blame yeah. that on coaching. But now, of course, you know, he's a new, you know, he's still in the newlywed phase. They can't get rid of Russell Wilson. So they're probably going to be a top five pick and he'll be able to take, pick his quarterback the future, and they're just going to have to eat the Russell Wilson uh, contract. But, you know, they're also going to figure out who they're going to get rid of, right? Can they, can they unload Simmons? They got to get rid of contracts. I think you hold on to Sertan because he's young. You haven't oh, yeah, paid him absolutely. yet. They got, to, they got to strip this thing down yeah, to the bare bones. Yeah. And, it's, and it's no saying that when you strip it down that Sean Payton is the guy to build it back up. They've gave him, given him all the power. He's essentially the general manager and the head coach. They got to try and separate separation of powers so that he can come in because he hasn't proven that he can coach in this version of himself. And we always want to put Sean Payton on this high pedestal, but we criticize Mike McCarthy and always say they basically got the same roster. They work with Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. They got one Super Bowl win. He's been riding that one Super Bowl win. We've seen old coaches come back with these old uh, philosophies and not hit the refresh button mm -mm. on where the NFL is now. And that's exactly who Sean Payton mm. looks like. He's too yep. arrogant and not humble enough to make the adjustments. The other part is this, too, though. Like, you got to be a different dude in this NFL. This isn't the old, it's my way or the highway, or you can't look me in the eyes when you're walking down the hall and whatever I say goes. That's not the way these players work. These players work on conversation. They work on collaboration. And Sean Payton ain't trying to collaborate with nobody. He's making nah. all solo albums. He don't have no features, and he ain't got no features on nobody else's album. And you know what? If you ain't J. Cole or Kendrick, ain't nobody listening to that. 
And so now Sean Payton has to say, okay, these are the guys in my locker room. These are the players that I've been given. How do I put offense together for them? And you mentioned Vance Joseph. Also on Vance Joseph's staff are people that Sean Payton said Vance Joseph had to hire who have worked with Sean Payton his entire career in New Orleans. Guess what? They old too. And so when you're looking at a team that doesn't look fresh, when you're looking at a team that doesn't look modern, when you're looking at a team that doesn't move around, that doesn't have the energy of a young team, it's because they got old philosophy. And True. at some point, you have to move into the new age where you're finding a way to get these players inspired, to give mm -hmm. them energy by what you create. And sometimes, sometimes, if you got a dude that can't get open, get him open. If yeah. you watch Kyle Shanahan, if you watch Miami, and you watch some of the inner Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua is out here breaking records. Puka Nakua was drafted in the fifth round for a reason because his skill set is not the level of skill set or measurables that should be drafted earlier. But they didn't have Cooper Cup. They say we got to find a way to get the ball to somebody. And Sean McVay every week has an innovative way to put the football in that man's hands. Sean Payton got to do the same thing. Yeah. But, hey guys, but his go, system, oh, go ahead, Chad. I was going to say, Molly, but his system isn't conducive for that. If you go look at his system, it's still it's 1980. It's like, you know what? It's just like when Joe Gibbs, you remember Joe Gibbs won three yeah. Super Bowls mm -hmm. with three different yeah. quarterbacks. They brought him I back and the did team, what Shannon? happened. Yeah, yellow means left <laughs> for Joe Gibbs. Yellow it, means left. It, yeah. Yeah, bro, so, we ran 907 for for seven periods. That's all we did. <laughs> so when you look at it, and, and Sean Payton is an old coach. It's like an old car. If you if old car changes owners, it's still an old car with a different owner. Sean Payton has an old philosophy, just in a different location. Yeah, nothing changed. Shannon, before we go to break, really quick, because you alluded to this earlier, part of the reason Russ wanted to go there, right, Bart, was it was a talented roster. Yeah, and that that's was, why Aaron Rodgers wanted to go there. That was and that's ready why to win, Watson right? To go there. It, yeah. it was ready to go. We just needed the quarterback. Yep. So, Shannon, before we roll, how talented is this roster? <sighs> guys, guys have underperformed. <sighs> Cortland Sutton once went to the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. He's not that. I mean, you think about yep. it. It took a spectacular grab, a one-handed grab from Cortland Sutton to get, <laughs> to get that touchdown. touchdown. Jerry Judy has underperformed. Considering where he was drafted, he yeah. was the second pick in that draft, a draft that had Justin Jefferson, a draft that had C.D. Lamb, a draft that had uh, 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 Michael he Pittman Jr. Yeah, Listen, he went before it. both of those guys. He's underperformed. and. Yeah. So I think I don't think the roster is as talented as it mm -hmm. was two years ago. That, okay. that catch from Sutton was a cry from help. Help me. Come get me. I can help you. Please pray for me. Help me. Oh Guys are trying to get out of here. If you're a veteran, you're trying to get traded. You're, you're going to have that conversation. Like, get me out of here because I know it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better around here. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel.
Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Quick takes, let's get it. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are fresh off a disappointing loss to their bitter rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shannon, how much responsibility does Lamar deserve for the Ravens' offensive struggles? Meanwhile, Bart Scott's just shaking his head right next to me. Well, the thing is, what I don't understand is that when the quarterback gets the lion's share of the credit, everybody's okay with that, but they don't want to give him the lion's share of the blame. I understand that Lamar Jackson had a lot of drops. His receivers dropped a lot of balls, but he can't keep fumbling the ball away. He can't keep throwing costly interceptions. That is a simple back shoulder fade into the end zone. And if you were to miss, you miss backside. You don't miss front side because the DB is pinned inside. That's the reason why you're throwing the back shoulder fade because the wide receiver has the DB pinned inside. You can't miss inside because you're going to hit him in his chest. What happened on that strip sack? Whose fault was that? Are we going to blame that on the receivers? That fumble that he had. Are we going to blame that on the receivers? You want some of the smoke, Bart? I I, I want a little bit of the smoke because you got to remember, you know, that's a $100 million left tackle that was once the highest paid left tackle in football getting beat like a turnstile, right? And, you know, Lamar Jackson thinks he has it picked up. Listen, one thing that we have to admit, Odell Beckham is cooked, man. Like, (laughs) you talk about, we thought Odell Beckham, it was going to be special. Man, that, that looked like the artist formerly known as Odell Beckham, man. He, he's not creating any separation. You talk about, like, Lamar Jackson, seven drops. Seven drops. It, it, listen, this is – Pittsburgh might be one of the worst offenses that we've seen in a long time. They let them hang around. You know what happens in that rivalry, Danny, because me and you both were a part of it. Yeah. If you let them yeah. stick around long enough, they'll find a way to, 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 to win. But those are inexcusable, like, like drops. These aren't drops where it, it, the, 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 the defender is not even two yards around the receiver. These are concentration drops. I think they have a bounce back. But every once in a while, you have some of these ugly losses to, to, to your division rivals. I think they'll be better going forward, man. But I, I think that, you know, they got to go all in because the AFC is wide open. Before, we were just touting Lamar Jackson for, you know, completing over 70% of his passes, you know, all-time percentage, uh, completion percentage. But I believe that they need to go out and that guy right there on that screen, Odell Beckham, you talk about that trade last year that they made for Raekwon Smith. So they proved that they're willing to go and spend money and spend draft equity. I think they need to really consider calling the, the, the men in blue and saying, hey, you man, give us, we'll, we'll give you a second-round draft pick for Saquon Barkley. Wow. Because they, they, they were talking about maybe paying J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins has the Achilles. Saquon Barkley is the better player. I think this would be the push that they need for that offense because it's going to create more space for that team. Like, don't be looking at me like that, R.C., because you're a stiller. So you, you're a basking in the fact that we lost to Junior <laughs> Whopper hands last week. But I tell you what, they need, to make, they, need to, they need to make that trade for Saquon Barkley because I think that will put them over the hump. They can't worry about future picks. It's time to cash in on the fact that Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. <laughs> Go ahead, Arfi. Ah!
you know, like, adding a great player is never a bad thing. You go out and get Saquon Barkley, they didn't want to give J.K. Dobbins a deal. That's why it was continually being worked on. They don't want to pay a running back. They don't feel like they have to pay a running back. Justice Hill, even though he lost the football on a retrace by the defensive tackle, is good enough to create big plays. Gus Edwards is a guy that has a power to his run game. And then Lamar Jackson adds to what you can do from a run game perspective. They got to stop dropping the ball. Lamar Jackson has to protect the football in the pocket. He has to realize that when I'm playing quarterback, the entire team's dreams and hopes and livelihoods are in my hand with that football. And those are the things that are keeping this offense from being as great as it could possibly be. If you go back to the week before, especially in the first half against Cleveland, when Lamar was dropping dimes, when they were using his legs in the red zone, this is the team that played against a great defense and dominated. That's who they can be. It's about producing. It's about performing. And I believe the Ravens have the people right now in the locker room that can make the plays. They just have to go out and make them. And I don't know if it's Odell's ankle that has him in this position or if this is who he was going to be. But obviously right now, that's not working out in the way it worked for Matthew Stafford and the Rams two years ago. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Molly, one one quick thing. No, you're good. I don't believe that OBJ was ever going to be what he was his first three years in New York. I think Baltimore was hoping they could get the last three games of the regular season Mm -hmm. and that playoff run, Odell Beckham. And if we can get that, Mm -hmm. yes, if we can get that last three playoff games in the last three games of the regular season, if we can get that, Odell, I think with the guys that we've added and the guys that we're going to draft, I think we're going to be fine. But if you look at Nelson Aguilar, y'all look surprised that Nelson Aguilar dropped the ball. He, I told you earlier, <laughs> Nelson RC, Aguilar. He, he's more retriever than receiver. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we shouldn't be surprised. So go back and look at his history. Look at him in Philly. Look at him at the Raiders. Look at him at New England. And look Can at I him doing this with you. Yeah, and you're a man that owns a lot of dogs, so you, you would know about I, all I the do, breeds. exactly. I know. I know you do. Uh, guys, that, that, was a cool, that was a quick take, uh, quick take turn medium long, but I'm here for it. It was good. All right, <laughs> let, let, let's get to the Cowboys now. It's no secret Dak struggled versus the Niners, throwing three picks and raising a lot of question marks about Dallas. Here's Dan Orlovsky yesterday on what he thinks is the biggest issue with this offense. Take a listen. Here's my biggest thing with the Cowboys. Like My biggest complaint, I guess, right now is they don't throw the ball to a guy they drafted in the first round. Like, CeeDee Lamb does not get the ball thrown to him. Everyone's like, what's wrong with the Cowboys offense? You guys don't throw the ball to your number one wideout. Whether people believe that he's a number one receiver or not, he's your number one. And you guys don't throw him the football. You don't move him around. So, I don't think their offense is going to take giant leaps until they throw the ball to CeeDee, they get better spacing, and they, they try to move around a little bit. I think their offense is predictable. All right, let's have a little family roundtable right yeah. now and, and discuss what's what's really happening here. Let's get to the crux of it. This is the white table, not the red table. Uh, Shannon, what is the biggest issue with the Cowboys' offense? <laughs> the inconsistency of that. Because if you look at it in the big games, when you need him the most, he comes up the smallest. And at some point in time, we got to have to put the blame at his feet and says, okay, you know what, Dak? We're paying you X amount of dollars. You're supposed to perform. You told us you wanted these tier. They, they got tier one, tier two, tier three. And they keep saying Dak. They keep telling me Dak is a, a borderline tier. He's tier two, borderline tier one. I can't tell. I cannot tell because three consecutive mm. picks, back to back to back. 
that's not good enough. In the yeah. big moments is when your players, your big-time players, your high-value players, that's the time they're supposed to shine the brightest. And it's in these moments when Dak shines the least. That's unacceptable. And I don't care how great your defense is because we ha- I played on a historically great defense. We kept turning the ball over and we were losing games. Once we stopped turning the ball over, we forced teams to drive 70 and 80 yards. If we got up 10, if we got up 7 nothing, we got up 7-3, we got up 10 nothing, it was curtains. Unless you got a scoop and score, unless you got a pick six, you couldn't beat us. So now I'm asking Dak and I'm asking this offense and this is a rhetoric, this might be a rhetorical question, it might not be. What does the, the Dallas offense show you when their defense doesn't give them pick sixes, scooping scores, or their special team doesn't set them up on short fields? Have we seen Dak consistently drive the football? Yeah, they beat up on bad offenses, the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, but yeah. the teams, two teams scored more than 20, and both teams blew them out. That's on Dak. Dak is the quarterback. Yeah. He's expected to deliver, and he has not in the big moments. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to, to say about Dak Prescott, but this offense also has no identity. This offense is this offense is more confused than Jada Pinkett hearing Will Smith call him call her wife at the Oscars. Right? They don't really know how they're gonna figure out what they want to be. Is it gonna be CeeDee Lamb? Is it gonna be Tony Pollard? How will we be creative and allow Dak Prescott the easy throws when when things have gotten hairy with this team and you look at the Arizona on the Cardinals game. You also go to the San Francisco 49ers game. When a play needed to be made, this offense wasn't helped in any way. It was, oh, we have C.D. Lamb on Keytrail Clark. Let's try to get him the football. Oh, we have this deep ball with a middle-of-the-field safety in the post. Let's throw this post. None of those things make sense. Some of those things are decision-making by your quarterback. You got to be able to see that Tayshaun Gibson is hanging high, and you can't throw that football. Eat it. Seed it. Run it. Do something different. But also, why isn't C.D. Lamb targeted like a guy I mentioned earlier, Puka Nakua? Why isn't he targeted like we saw Jamar Chase last week against the Arizona Cardinals for 15 catches? Or like we think, like we saw uh, against Kansas City, Garrett Wilson, 14 opportunities. Those are the things that need to be happening. We spoke all offseason about Mike McCarthy and his play calling, Mike McCarthy and his game plan, and that they wanted to be more efficient. They wanted to run the ball. Well, part of that should have been creativity as well. We've seen what the these great coordinators can do through creativity, through motion, through putting people in places where they have to adjust defensively. But Dallas Cowboys do none of that. And so, yes, is Dak Prescott a problem? For sure. But have we not seen Dak Prescott play at a high level before? Have we not seen him in offensive systems that allow him to do what he does best, accentuate his positives, and decrease his opportunities for his weaknesses? Yes. Mike McCarthy is doing none of that. He's saying, I want a Super Bowl. This is how I want a Super Bowl. This is what I do. Let's put all of these square pieces into these round holes. That's not how it works. This team needs a total workover offensively. I just don't know if there's time to do it. So if the defense doesn't dominate and turn the ball over, we'll be having these conversations every week. Listen, last year I was eviscerated because I put Jalen Hurts in my top 10. I took Dak Prescott out. Yo, Dak Prescott has been a product of a – a, a great environment, right? And when he couldn't get things done, they went and traded for Amari Cooper. So, like, you know, so he's always been helped. And, and most players are products of their uh, of their environment. We always know, like, sometimes, you know, guys are products of great schemes. 
And then some guys are, are, screen, are scheme adverse, right? You think about guys like Tom Brady. You think he can play well in multiple systems. But most of us are system guys. And, you know, what's happening is this is an example of another bad marriage, right? You talk about, you know, Mike McCarthy and his archaic beliefs and systems. He put the governor on, on, on Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott isn't pushing the ball down the field. You're not getting these innovative play calls, you know, like, like, like you see when they had Kellen Moore. Right, so now is Dak Prescott has to play traditional quarterback, and that's never been who he is. He's never been a force multiplier. He's always been a guy that has played well with great players, and now he's starting to lose some of those players. I think he really misses Dalton Schultz because that was his security blanket, his ability. Mm, you know, yeah. Shannon as a tight end understands how important that is. You always the quarterback security valve. You're always the guy that's right in his in his sight line, and without him, he, Dak is forced to throw the ball outside the numbers, which has never really been the strength of his game. So now, like, but you've paid him the money to be a guy that's not a system guy. And I think they overvalue who he is. They're going to have a tremendous uh, decision to make at the end of the season. Because the way that it's trending is the way that it's trending is that Dak is going to probably, and the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a wild card team because we think that we're going to get a division to, to Philadelphia. And that puts them square in the, in the sight line of either Philadelphia in the first round or the San Francisco 49ers. So we know how yeah. this movie ends. This movie's going to end the same want. way that it always ends, with that them going want. home in the first round. So then now you have to make a decision on Dak Prescott to pay him $55 million a year. And he's showing you that he's not an upper echelon quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, much right. like the player that he replaced in Tony Romo, who can never get it done in the postseason as well. So they, you know, Dallas overvalues their players too much, and they don't look at it you know, the way that everybody else sees it, that Dak is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, and they may have to make some other decisions because his contract is restricting you from going out and stacking a deck like San Francisco can with an average quarterback with a tremendous scheme and a lot of weapons. But that's what happens. That's what Dallas always do. They always overvalue yep. the players that they draft. They, and I said this on the old show. They made a huge mistake in getting rid of Amari Cooper. Because if you look at Michael Gallup and you look at Brandon yeah. Cooks, it's, I know it's early, but they have not performed to the level that Jerry Jones expected. Also, we keep giving Mike McCarthy a lot of credit, and maybe he deserves credit. But here's the thing. Hell, the dude coached seven MVPs. How yeah. hard is it? You got yeah. Brett Favre, and then you go to Aaron Rodgers. Well, how hard is it for you to call a play? Well, damn. It's like Leo Mazzoni, the pitching coach for the Braves. You got John Smokes, you got Tommy Glavin, you got Greg Maddox. Well, hell, how hard is it to be a pitching coach? You got three Hall of Famers. You got three first ballot Hall of Famers. So it's not that hard. And again, since Dak, if you remember, uh, guys, when Dak broke his ankle, Dak doesn't yeah. have the same mobility. He's not as athletic as he once yeah, he was. Doesn't. He's he's lumbering. It's not as fluid as he once was. So I think there's a lot of things at play here. His athleticism as Wayne. And look at that offensive line. You got two guys that are going to the Hall of Fame, the first ballot, the left tackle and the right guard. And hell, that left guard looked like the second coming of Larry Allen. And you yeah. can't get more than what you're getting out of this offense. You look at them, 28th in red zone efficiency, 30th in goal-to-goal efficiency, 14th in first down, 17th in yards per game. That's not good enough. Yeah. Everything, and Michael Parsons keeps yeah. reiterating, well, we've got to do, we've got to do this. It is a team. No one side of the ball gets to go to the Super Bowl without the other. Everybody has to pull their weight. We mm -hmm. also understand offense is not going to always be up. Defense isn't going to always be down. But when one side of the ball is down, the other side has to pick it up. And what we've seen when the uh, Cowboys' offense, defense has been down, the Cowboys' offense has been yeah. unable to pick it up.
Before we roll, because uh, Bart, you're going to have to go to radio in the second hour, do yeah, your day yeah. job. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jamaican. I work two, three jobs, mine. <laughs> Bart, Monday night, obviously we have a good one. Absolutely. Dallas at SoFi, Chargers. Chargers favored by two, but Chargers have the worst pass defense. Who do you have winning this game? Well, listen, I think that one thing we know about you know uh, the Chargers, and this game is going to be personal because this is the one more sec, bowl. RC and Shannon, I'll get your picks second out. Yeah, this is the more okay. bowl. So I, th I think that they're going to put up points. He knows that defense. He knows that scheme. So, you know, I think um, that Dak's going to be forced to play. That defense is horrible. I still want to go slightly with the Chargers because they have the special quarterback. So I always lean when things are, are equal. I go with the quarterback. Okay, fair enough. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Well, Jamar Chase made some fantasy GMs happy last week. After a lackluster start to the season, Chase looked back in prime form with 15 receptions for 192 yards, three TDs. As Jamar now prepares for the Seahawks, DK Metcalf has an idea on how they're going to limit him. Mm. 
Uh, he's just a great receiver. Um, tip my hat off to him with you know what he's done the first three years in the league. Um, so um, you know it'll be fun to watch uh, Sunday, but I think Spoon to get the best of him. All right, time for some sportsbook predictions because we are here for the people, and it is time to get you paid. Just make Bart, money. All right, Bart, let's try. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I want to be able to afford to get in Club Shay Shay. I'm balling on the budget right now. I can't afford a ticket. Club Shay Shay is lit. It's pretty It's a hard ticket. It's better than the Boom Boom Room. Okay. All right. After hearing DK Metcalf talk about rookie Devin Witherspoon getting the best of Jamar Chase Sunday, will Chase have more or less than 84.5 receiving yards against the Seahawks? Bart. I'm going to go more because I think, uh, you know, Metcalf made it personal for Jamar Chase. I think Burrow's a guy that, you know, loves all the smoke, so he's going to make a, converted, a concerted effort to make sure that he, you know, gets the ball to his guy. He don't want him to look bad. Chen? I'm definitely going more. Probably with no T. Higgins. Uh, his last three games, 141 receiving, 73, 192. He's going to probably get 10. He's going to probably get 50, at least 15 targets. I'm going. I'm going more than 84, 84 and a oh. half receiving yards. Okay, that's a unanimous decision, aka easy money. Easy right. money. Easy money. Bar will Tua throw for more or less than 274 and a half yards against the winless Panthers? I mean, listen, the Panthers understand their assignment, even though they don't have their own draft pick. <laughs> they know what time it is. I, I, I'm going more. Listen, I, even though I think Tua won't finish the game, the fourth quarter belonged to Mike White, but he might have this by halftime. Hamstring yeah. helper for some of these receivers, man, hitting the head on the goalpost. Yeah. Tua has passed for more than that 274 and a half in four to five games. More money, more money, more money. Oh, he's going over 274 and a half. More problems. All right, Bart. Will Jalen Hurts throw for more or less than 223 and a half yards against the Jets? Yeah, I mean, listen, I know that, you know, you got sauce over there in the secondary, but the Jets have been giving up a lot of yards, especially early on the schemes and uh, quarterbacks, you know, being able to buy time for their legs. I think he's going to go for well over 220, but um, I get a Jets a fighter's chance just because I'm contractually obligated. Shannon? Yeah, it all depends on who they're fighting. They happen to be fighting the Eagles, so I'm not giving them a fighting chance. <laughs> but I'm going Jalen Hurts more than 223, 223 and a half for sure. Okay, we are here for you people. Let us know how it works out. Those are our DraftKings prop bets, and we are going to leave it there. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.